David Sparks and Jason Snell spent their careers working for the establishment. Then one day, they'd had enough. Now, they are independent workers, learning what it takes to succeed in the 21st century. They are free agents. Welcome back to Free Agents, a podcast about being an independent worker in a digital age. We're brought to you this week by Timing and Fresh Books. I'm Jason Snell, and I'm joined, as always, by my fellow host, David Sparks. Hi, David. Hi, Jason. It's good to be back. It is. All right. I, uh, I have, uh, there's a phone call for you, sir. Oh, I hate phone calls. <laughs> I do too. I do too. Why are we? Why are we talking about them? But I think maybe that is why we're talking about them. This episode is all about communications. Yes. Well, sort of. Uh, we decided because there's a lot under that umbrella of communications. So this episode, we're going to talk about telephones and text messaging. I thought okay. those were two that would fit in an episode. All right. So we're going to leave email for thing. another day. I think that's good. I think that's yeah. good. And also kind of the slack, you know, party line kind of stuff going on sure. now too. We'll say that for another day. I think that's I think that's good. I uh I that's where I spend a lot an awful lot of my time these days and I, I can make arguments for and against it, but we'll we'll save that for another another couple of episodes because I think there's a lot of room there. I, I revisiting email is also something that it's gonna take some time, but I think is a really interesting um uh, an interesting topic because email is still necessary, even though it's a lot less than it was. Um, and there's all sorts of philosophies there. So we'll leave those for other times, a little teaser and focus more on telephones and text messaging and things like that uh, in, uh, in, in, in our lives and in this, this modern era. As, as I made my move to become an independent free agent, I spent a lot of time thinking about how are telephones going to fit into this new enterprise? That was actually a hard question for me. Do you do a lot of telephone work? Um, in, in, was the telephone a big part of your job as a, as a lawyer at a law firm? Yep. Yep. And it still is. I mean, I just, hmm. before we got on the line today, I spent a half hour trying to tell somebody that they shouldn't do something. And, uh, <laughs> and that was on the phone? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it happens all the time. Uh, they need to hear it sometimes. And um, so, you know, and, you know, as a lawyer, I work on contracts with other lawyers, you know, for the other companies and spend time talking about that. I spend time consulting with clients. And a lot of this stuff is not conducive to email or texting or the other types of communication. You need that immediate feedback. You know, I, I could sit here and email you back and forth 20 times about a contract with all the issues, or we could get on the phone for 45 yeah. minutes and just bang it out. Makes sense. So I had to, I had to think about telephones. What about you when you were leaving? Did you give any thought to what am I going to do about a telephone? no, <laughs> that's I the short that. version is is I, I never for me in my career the telephone it's been a very long time since the telephone was anything but a place where garbage happened where garbage was collected every so often it would be like a manager calling and we would do a check-in i had remote managers the last couple of years at idg and so that i would know when they were calling and i'd see their caller id and i'd pick up but generally i didn't answer i didn't answer my phone um, I, I sent it all to voicemail and my voicemail at the office basically said, um, you don't really want to leave a voicemail, send me an email. <laughs> yeah. Just like that. Like you can do it. And I did occasionally check, but I was, I was down by the end. I was not checking my voicemail even more than once a week because it's just like the message said, don't do it. Just don't do it. Yeah. I had a friend that worked for a, a, a famous fruit company. Hmm. And he told me that he had a message on his machine that said, uh, you can leave a message, but I have never listened to any messages. So 
you should probably find another way to contact me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's, that's about where I ended up. And, you know, it used to be back in the day when I started in the nineties, like, yeah, you get a call from PR person or, you know, there was, there was always things to do about that. But by the end, it was just like all of my collaboration was how, how having an, working in other places. So, uh, the telephone ended up being kind of a, a garbage dump and I was using my cell phone and I would not give that message out to people. Like my cell phone was like people who knew, like my coworkers knew my cell phone. And, and so they could call it and then I would talk to them. Uh, that didn't happen a lot, but they, they knew that. And then there was my office phone, which was just not, I mean, that was just where the junk ended up. So what I'm saying is that I think you are the person who's going to be doing the heavy lifting here in terms of talking about the phone, because you actually do use, still use a phone as part of your, as part of your, uh, your everyday job, which makes sense. And I, you know, the, I talk to people on podcasts, but not on the telephone. That's basically my life now. Yeah, that's when you and I talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Before, for those who don't know, we like uh, before we get started, we we have we talk about all sorts of stuff, and afterward, we've solved how to fix Comic Con and how conventions are run. But you don't get that because this is not that podcast. This is about free agents. But that's again, it's a nice thing to do uh, between us. But uh, we do it sort of in the guise of a podcast. But um, it, but so it's good to hear about you. It makes sense that you uh, in your in your role in your identity, secret identity as a, uh, a lawyer would spend a lot of time uh, with clients on the phone because that is in some ways would you say the most clear direct way of communicating with someone get get the email out of it get the you know comments in a shared document out of it and just say look we're two human beings talking here tell me what you want let me express myself would you say that that was that's like the most direct purest way to communicate i'd like to say that but uh, you know some lawyers are you know our little knucklehead, you know, so some hmm. people you get off the phone with and they send you an email saying, Oh, this just confirms that you just told me that the sky is purple and the grass is green, <laughs> oh, no. you know? So, so it depends on the person, but I, I would say it's the best way to cut to the chase and just kind of say, let's oh. work this out. All right. I, I look at the phone as something that can punch an hour uh, hole in my day at any moment. Um, because being a lawyer is, is kind of, even a business lawyer like me, is kind of a fireman. Sometimes suddenly a client has a big problem and they call and you take the call and, and all you thought you had an, a clear afternoon and you don't anymore. Yikes. It's also an excellent source of business. You know, people find me mm-hmm. and call me and I, I'm, some of my clients don't, don't live close to me and I, I have clients all over the state. So it's my office in a lot of ways. So I talk to my San right. Francisco clients and they, they can't walk in your door. Like, I'm going to go over to David's and ask him a question because it's not that kind of world that you live in generally. So instead, they give you a ring. Yeah. And, and I guess we could talk about just healthy attitudes towards them. I think we will at some point. But first, let's just kind of talk about you're getting ready to go out on your own. How are you going to deal with the phones? Assume that you're in some kind of business like mine where you need to have a phone. Jason had it, had it nice. You didn't really have to worry about it. That's it's right. kind of weird in our tech community. It's kind of sacred calling somebody on the phone like if if jason called me on the phone i would worry that like something was on fire or something you know if you called me especially if it was unscheduled right we will occasionally have scheduled phone calls when we were planning this podcast we had some scheduled phone calls we we that definitely happens but to just uh if it came out of the blue you'd be like oh geez what's going on and um you know and we had we you and i have had a couple of those too in the last year where it's been like something's going on that needs your attention that's happening um so it it happens, but you're right. Um, 
it is you know what it is about the telephone and this is this is just in general about the telephone in, in a world where we have all these different kinds of electronic communications a telephone is synchronous and that ha- just like, or a video chat is the same way a facetime any of those things it's synchronous you were saying i need to talk to you right now and you need to give me your full attention and i will give you my full attention right at this very moment no deferring right no answer at your leisure we need to be uh like zero latency face to face or voice to voice right now and that's its power but also if you're in a business like our business here um where we have all these other ways to do asynchronous communication it becomes kind of a last resort because it's yeah. because it does require both people to be available and like you said, if th- that can punch a- an hour in your day, if if you are like, well, right now we're going to talk for an hour. That's it. You've got to do it. You can't say, I'll get back to you. And well, you can say, call me in two hours, but that's about all you can do. Yeah. The implication that comes with that is that whatever you are doing right now is less important than what I need to talk to you about. Yeah. Or there's an under- at the very least, there's an understanding like I think, right, because there's abuse and then there's good use of it. I think when I make these calls, sometimes what it really is, is like um, you, you when you hear what we're talking about, you're going to <laughs> you're going to agree that we need to talk about it now. I think sometimes like 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 you said, if I call you and you're like, oh, Jason is calling me, I think the implication there is the reason I'm calling you is it's important enough that I need to talk to you right now. But it can also be horribly abused where, you know, it's like important to them or worse, not even important to them. And they're going to make it important to you by forcing themselves into your life by ringing that phone. Yeah. And so so one of the ways I solve this is I am pretty, pretty careful about not scheduling calls uh, in the mornings. I, I really try uh, to when I'm setting up something with a client, I'll say, you know, I try to go for afternoon calls and I figure that's I'm not my bandwidth isn't as high in the afternoon. In the morning, I want to be have my head down on work projects and uh, in the afternoon I can get on the phone and be more chatty. Um, and so there, there's some steps you can take for that. Like when someone wants to talk to you on the phone, you send them a suggested time. Say, how about next Tuesday at 2 p.m.? And that, that kind of locks it down. There, there's some good best practices for this. Uh, I also feel like uh, if someone does call you when you're busy, you don't have to take that call. I don't, I don't know what it is about my generation. When we grew up, the phone was such a unique snowflake when the phone rang. It was before all the telemarketing stuff really took off. You know, the phone rang. It was like usually the harbinger of news from family or a friend that wanted to go play Donkey Kong or something. So you had to grab it. And I've been able to train myself out of that. So where I just don't take a lot of calls, even if it's somebody I know, if I'm busy, I just I know I'll get back to them later. Yeah, I think that setting this goes back to things we've talked about several times in this show, but it's setting limits, like setting set limits, set rules going in and that you can save yourself a lot of grief by setting limits. Yeah. But but the the real place I'd like to talk about some of this stuff is, is if you're setting up your independent business, how do you address the phone just in terms of underlying technology? Mm. I mean, if you're leaving a big job from a big company, they probably had a phone number on the front door that wasn't your cell phone number. Yeah. yeah. And um, and you should give some thought to that, because do you want assuming that you're starting a business that does involve telephone calls? Do you want your cell phone number to become the contact number for your business um, in service focused businesses. Sometimes that makes sense. I have clients that have my cell phone number. They, they're kind of people that get on the inside, you know, people that I trust and know aren't going to abuse it. 
but I also wanted to have a phone number that people could call that wasn't my cell phone number. So as I started to, to start my own business, I, I looked into the options available for that. Emma, if you look at my business card, it doesn't have my cell phone number on it. It's got a fancy business number. And if you call it, somebody answers it and says, uh, sparks law and they're Ooh. sound very efficient. Right. And, um, so how do you do that as a new person getting started? So tell tell me because I was going to talk about some some real do it yourself options, uh, like the one uh, I experienced experimented with, and I I don't currently have this because I don't have a phone number on my business card at all. I believe um, I I think the the and if I do, it is my cell phone number, which is maybe a problem. But I go, I I'm very limited in who I give those out to, and I don't think there's a phone number on it at all because don't call me really seriously don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, is I use Google Google Voice for a while, which is not a person who's going to answer and say, hello, the Incomparable Incorporated, how may I direct your call? It yeah. is a, uh, you know, it's a service from Google that has a phone number attached to it. And the way I used that was I actually set up, um, I set it up to forward to my cell phone during business hours on weekdays, right? Business hours. Yeah. And uh, the rest of the time it went straight to voicemail. And the idea there was it was my business line. And if you called it during the day, my business line rang on my phone. And if you called any other time, uh, it just left a voicemail. And it has some nice features in that it's got kind of a auto transcription of the voicemails and you can play them back on, the, on, on a web browser or in an app. And there are lots of nice things about it. But what it let me do is have a second phone number that could do what I want. And if I went on vacation or I just decided that this was too many phone calls, I could also change the rules. So it wouldn't forward to my cell phone or only certain numbers would forward to my cell phone, which was kind of interesting. So I used that for a while and I, I, I would say that was effective. Although in the end, I didn't want any of these calls to come to my cell phone because uh, I had clearly decided that calls to my cell phone were of a higher priority and, um, and, and I wasn't getting enough of those high priority calls to even make it worth it. Yeah. So, so that's the first decision you really have to make is, do I need an external line at all? I think ultimately you didn't need one. Right. No, I, I agree. That's, I still have that Google voice line, by the way, it's still kind of kicking around, but I just don't use it. I don't give it out because I don't really want to encourage anyone to call me that way. And if I am, if I'm close enough to you or, or you need to talk to me, I'll give you my number, right? I'll give you my cell phone number and I don't have a problem with that, but I don't have it. Almost the way you could think about it is categorization. I don't have anybody that I think of as in the category of, I want them to be able to reach me by phone, but not my regular phone. Like that category doesn't exist for me. I don't have a, a, an open door for people to call me. The, the, the people who need to know can get my phone number from me, but nobody else gets it. Uh, and I'm fortunate to be in that situation. And you're not in that situation. You do need to have something that you post that you give out that is if you need to contact David Sparks, here's a here's a phone number. And I'm just fortunate to not be in that boat. Yeah, it, it, it really that's a really good way of cutting it up to say, look, if if I've got the type of business where I don't need someone to have a phone number that's not necessarily in my circle of trust. Right. It's the and, advertised phone number. It's the public phone number. Yeah. And, and for me, that is the case. I, I need that separate number. Like I, I, I don't do a lot of litigation, but I do some. And just I had a court clerk call me the other day. And of hmm. course, they called in on my published number through my exchange, my people. 
And, and I don't want to give a court clerk my cell phone number, you know, <laughs> it right. kinda, or, or opposing counsel for that matter. And so it just, there's certain p- categories of people in my life that I just don't want to have my cell phone number, but they still need a phone number for me. It's just like fax machines. I have a fax line too, Jason. That's a whole nother story. Oh, well, uh, is that a, is that a, a lawyer thing? Uh, it's because I have some old clients, you know, and oh, um, interesting. Just, is it a real, understand. is it a real fax somewhere or is it one of these digital fax numbers that are digital virtual? Number. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so you get it, a, you get like an email with a PDF. Yep. Nice. Nice. But, um, but getting back to the telephone, so I had to, I knew I needed a phone number. I needed an outline phone, outside phone number. And I didn't want to spend a lot of money because I was just getting started and I didn't even know if the whole thing was going to work or not. So I did the Jason Snell route. I got myself a Google voice number. Mm. Um, and, and Google voice is super powerful. You know, Google is really good at saying, you know, if this person is in my contact list, you can, you can be very granular about what it does with those. Yeah. It's not only the time of day, it's who it's coming from. And they also do a transcription service where if someone leaves a message, they transcribe it, which is usually kind of hilarious there. It it's is. not their best work in my It, in it my is. Ex, Apple does something similar with uh, with my voicemails. And what I found in both cases is it's good enough to give you a real broad sense about what the voicemail is about. But yeah. if, you, if you're looking at the details, it's hilariously terrible. So, yeah. yeah. But so I did the Google voice thing, but I also knew because court clerks and other lawyers and even potential clients will be calling this phone number. I did not want it to go to a robot. Mm -hmm. It always made me kind of frustrated when I call a law firm and there wasn't a person to talk to because sometimes, you know, you know, there's all kinds of weird things happen in the law, but you need to give special notice to people and do things. And having a body on the other side makes it a lot easier. Um, I didn't want to hire a full-time receptionist. It didn't make sense for what I was doing. So I started looking at my options um, at the place at my place where I get my space. That's another show. We talked about how I have this temper, basically a portable office, whatever you want to call it. They, they will answer the phones for you there. And, um, and they, they charge a hundred dollars a month. So you can forward your Google voice or whatever number to that number and they'll pick it up and they'll say the name of your business and take messages for you. And I, so when I was signing up, to to sign into this place as my address i was listening to the people answer the phones and they were doing it terribly you know they were you could tell it was just a huge interruption to them and they were they couldn't wait to get off the phone with every call that came in because that's not really what they're there for they're there to manage the office and do other things so i knew my starting point was 100 bucks a month and that that i wasn't going to be happy with the solution available to me so i started looking at other options and that led me on a little spirit quest of all these various services. There's a bunch of internet startups with this type of stuff. And the company I ended up going with was one out of Portland called Ruby Receptionist. And uh, I've been a um, customer of theirs now for over two years. You're coming up on three years, aren't you, Jason? I, I am coming up on three years. That's true. Wow. It's scary. Yeah. So. So I pay these people in Portland $250 a month, which is one of the biggest expenses of my little business. Hmm. And it's a lot of money. But, you know, yeah. as I look at it, it's 150 more than lousy phone service, you know, <laughs> based on what I saw. Okay. And this is like SEAL Team 6 of phone answering services. I mean, they are, they are amazing. I mean, that's all they do is they answer phones. They're super pleasant. They really try to... Um, they try to portray whoever they're representing in a good and positive light. Uh, they'll do more than just answer phones. If I want, they'll call people back. They have an app so I can just say, I'm in a meeting. 
uh, for the next two hours in the app, and then it automatically updates in their system. Oh, so they can actually say, oh, he's in a meeting for the next two hours. You want me to take a message? You want to call back? Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Not only do they do it through the app, they can do it through email. So like I have a, you know, I have some text expander snippets where I can very quickly get a message off to them that I'm unavailable. Um, Just a lot of, uh, one of the things they've done over time that I've been working with them, one of the problems I had was Google Voice became terrible for me. I don't know what happened. But they dedicated less, you know, bandwidth to Google Voice about a year and a half ago. And so people that were going to Google, calling me through Google Voice and getting relayed to um, uh, to Portland for this company and then down to me, it sounded like an old episode of MASH, you know, when Radar would talk to Sparky and it's like you had to crank the wheel and then wait for the response. And it was really frustrating because, you know, people are paying me money to, to solve their problems and they don't want to have a bad phone connection. So I um, ultimately uh, went with Ruby receptionist will manage the phone line for me. So they switched it over to whatever system they're using and it's portable. If I ever leave them, they let me take the phone number with me. But Hmm. um, so they're handling that for me. And now they've got a thing in the app where I can make a phone call from the Ruby receptionist app and it'll spoof my actual, my, you know, my outside line number. So I can call from my cell phone, but it looks like I'm calling from my, my office office. Oh, number. right. So the people you're calling never see your cell phone number. Yeah. If exactly. you don't want them to. Yeah. Well, I was calling a guy the other day who was my client, a bunch of money. I didn't really give him my cell phone number. Right. right? So I, um, so I uh, did it through the, the app. So it's an expensive service for phone service, but I've been very happy with it. And, um, and they're they're just a great company, good people. They they just sponsor the app camp for girls thing. So I I like the people that are there, and um and it's not cheap, like I said. But I have a very professional sounding you know reception service. Yeah, I, I it sounds to me like this is what you do if you need to. This goes back to our conversations about your virtual office that you have too. These yeah. are these are all you are in a business, and I think a lot of people are in businesses like this where you want that veneer of professionalism. You want people to uh, feel like when they call you, they're not getting some sort of you know rinky dink outfit or or a guy who's working in his bedroom. Even if that is who you are, you want to yeah. you want to say like at this level, people are not going to understand that, and so I'm going to now. There are services you don't have to hire a receptionist and release office space. You can get that by paying this and it's a lot cheaper to pay a service like this for uh you know this monthly rate than it would be to hire a full-time receptionist because you know so that's the beauty of it but for somebody like me it wouldn't make any sense but you know for an attorney or some attorney or somebody in real estate or you know i think there are probably lots of other businesses where you want to have that uh you want to have that receptionist uh in front of your phone line yeah, you know when you think about it, it's, th- it's three grand a year, which that that buys you know several tickets to Hawaii. But <laughs> I don't try to think about it too much, and it's a lot cheaper than paying somebody to sit in an office and answer phones all day. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, I that being said, as my practice has evolved over the years, I don't use it nearly as much as I did at the beginning because I'm doing less litigation. Mm. But uh, I still feel like it's kind of like the trappings of a law practice that needs to exist at least for the next several years. So. I don't see myself going anywhere. But now that I have that, so how do I use the phone in the practice? Uh, I'm very careful. Like I said, I I try to schedule time when I'm unavailable. Like when I was talking about earlier, I don't like to take calls in the morning. If I'm really buckling down in the morning, I will probably 
um, just submit a thing to Ruby saying I'm in a meeting for the morning and then the calls just don't come through at all. I never see them. Um, mm. And then I get emails and messages later that summarize all the calls that came in. Oh, that's Another cool. thing that Ruby does is cool is somebody leaves a voicemail message, they email it to me so I can listen to it and I have a record of it. Hmm. Um, but the, uh, but the, the flip side of that is a lot of people, once I say they get inside the circle of trust, there are people who have become my clients that I trust and I know that I can trust them with my cell phone. They can still get through to me. And, uh, and I always tell people, I have a little spiel I give when I give you my cell phone number. I'm like, here's my cell phone number. If I can answer it, I will. If I can't, I won't. And and they understand that, you know, nice. just kind that, of shorthand. That's like that no, doesn't mean no I'm guilt. Answer it. No, well, I, yeah. I love that because that is that is you saying don't have any, don't feel guilty about calling me. Call me if you need to call me. Yeah. If, if I can't answer, I won't. So don't worry about it. Like just give it give it a shot. Yeah, I had a call the other day. Like it was 11 p.m. A client that has never called me on my cell, except maybe once in the last two years, called me at 11 p.m. So I picked up, and he's like, "My son just got arrested for DUI. What do I do?" I'm like, "Okay, call this criminal attorney, and and I'm going to go back to sleep now." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you have the ability to do that, and that, that's that's good. You're also there's a there's a social compact there, right? Which is I'm giving you this number, so you call if you need to, but understand that. You need to, you know, you're, yeah. you're calling because you need to, and you made that judgment of, you know, okay, this isn't my person who calls me three times a week about things that are nothing. This is somebody who never calls me. So I should pick up. Yeah. And, and so I think that's an important conversation to have, uh, whether you go the Ruby reception line or some other way, it, as soon as you start giving numbers out, you know, tell people what your expectation of the phone is. It's, it's not necessarily an, a bat phone to my heart at any moment. Right. Good point. Um, all right. So what are your options? You know, you get the, I think the, um, there's several, uh, internet provided voice services. You don't have to go the old school route and call 18 and get a line installed anymore. I think the sure. internet stuff is, is just fine. Um, make sure you spend some time testing it. As I found out with Google voice, um, there was delay in the line and it was really a pain in the neck. So whatever service you're going to try, spend a little time checking it out before you commit. I would also say that um, a lot of these uh, over internet telephony uh, services have just dreadful contracts where they want you to agree to like two years and it automatically renews unless, you know, you ride in on a unicorn, you know, seven hours before termination or whatever. It's just the crazy, crazy contract. So make sure you, you pay attention before you click buttons on the Internet when you sign up for one of these telephone services. Did you um, look at Skype? Because that's something that, that they all Skype also offers. And they've got, obviously, desktop and mobile apps. And you can pay Skype and they give you a phone number and it rings your Skype account. And you that's, know, I, I, I was aware of it, but because I wanted to connect to something like Ruby, I yeah. felt like I needed, you know, the tradi more traditional internet-based line stuff. Um, so if right. I didn't need Ruby, I probably would be more inclined to look at something like that. Okay. How about yourself? You just don't need it. I just don't want it. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. not. I, I have. I don't have any scenario where that I can think of where I would need to give somebody my phone number who is somebody I want to be that insulated from. Because like, even if it's somebody who is meeting me for coffee someday, um, 
I might give that person my phone number, but I probably just text them with like iMessage or something where it doesn't even give away my phone number. And certainly even if I give them my phone number to text me, it's not that big a deal. If that person, if we have one meeting and then never see each other again, and then they start calling me, I'll just block them and move on with my life and not worry about it. So it's not, it's not, it's not out there for the public to consume. So it's not a big deal. If I, that, that for me was the threshold. It's like, if I need to start just like posting on my website somewhere, call this number, it can't be my cell phone number. And I would need another number. And I probably revived my Google Voice number at that point for that reason and create a place where those calls could go that was not my phone. But I don't really have to deal with it. So going out on your own, I think that the the decision points are, number one, is the telephone even relevant to you? Yep. And and if you're lucky, it's not. Um, And if it is relevant to you, uh, do you have that group of people that need your phone number, uh, that needs to get access to you via phone, but is not worthy of your cell phone number. So I guess if you get to that point, you need to look at some of these options for getting an outside uh, number. Google voice isn't a bad place to start. Look at some of the other options. And then if you really want to go for the, uh, the whole enchilada and you want someone to answer the phone for you, uh, I would strong, I would recommend Ruby receptions there. It's a good company. Hmm. I've been very happy with them, but you know, I, I'm sure people listening may have others that they like. Yeah. Too. That sounds like overkill for, for smaller people, but if it depends yeah. on your job, depends on what kind of uh, category you're in, I think that you might, that might be more than worth it to do that. Yeah. All right. We're going to move on and talk about text messaging. But before we do that, let's take a break and talk about our sponsor, one of our two sponsors this week. It's Timing, the automatic time tracking app for OS X. You heard David talk about this uh, recently on the show. Uh, they're back for another sponsorship, and I have tried it now, too, a little bit. I promised that last time that I was, I was threatening to try it out. If you spend all day in front of your Mac and then, like, blink at the end of the day and think, where has the time gone? Or maybe you've tried to bill a client, you're billing hourly, and you then struggle to figure out where exactly did I put in my time? How much time did I really spend on this project? These these are signs that you may need a time tracker. Time is a precious resource. Manual time tracking is not for everyone. I found this out when I was trying to t- track time myself. I just, you know, you're flipping switches on and off. It's another thing to think about. You forget and then you're backtracking and it's it's a mess. Timing, the app, is very different. It, t- it automatically tracks how you spend your time. It logs which apps you use, which websites you visit. Not just that you were in Safari, but like what website URLs were open. What documents with their titles were you editing? So you can very easily categorize all of your activities into projects. It's easy. It's fuss-free. Your data isn't uploaded to anyone's server. It stays on your computer at all times. I have been trying this out. I've been training it. I've been setting up projects with rules so I can say these apps work in these kinds of things. This means I was working on podcasting. This means I was working on writing. And then this other stuff... I might not have been working on anything, but the web browser stuff is the what it was is what blows me away because that lets me also say if I'm in the CMS of all of these uh, these uh, that's the posting tool I use for my own website or for uh, other websites that I write for it knows and timing files those properly if. I'm using an app for podcast editing, or I'm visiting a podcast website to post an article or to post a podcast episode. Those get filed properly. It's pretty amazing. And then, of course, I can. there's a timeline. So I can go back through the day and say, 
oh, what was I doing then? And I can even manually put in, this is what I was doing and allocate it. It sends a pop-up notification at, uh, the next day that says, here's how productive you were. You can actually rate your productivity waiting for each project that you're involved with. Lots of different great ways to get a sense of where that time went. And I have definitely had that blink at the end of the day and wonder where the time went. So this has been a great view into how I spend and or waste my time. Now, Timing is so confident that you will love this fuss-free approach to time tracking. They offer a free trial. Just go to timingapp.com to try it out today. And once you decide to buy, use the code FREEAGENTS, one word, to save 20% off until the end of July. Once you start using timing to catch those unproductive hours, it will end up paying for itself. Stop guessing how you spend your time and focus on doing what you're good at. Go to timingapp.com and get your copy of Timing today. Thank you, Timing, for supporting free agents and Relay FM. All right, David. One of the, thing, one of the things I like about timing is I'm finding out all my time sinks in it. Looking at it, I'm figuring out where I'm spending time that I forgot about. It gives you that moment where you're mousing over the timeline and you're like, oh, and then I went in a YouTube sinkhole right here (laughs) and didn't do anything for (laughs) half an hour, right? And uh, that's sobering, but... uh, I, I sometimes I feel good about it too, where I look there and I'm like, that's right. I was working on all that stuff. And I love that it knows that's in the end, that's the goal. And I still got more work to do, I think, to get everything kind of completely tuned to the way I work. But I really like the fact that if I can set up some rules and I can drag, drag and drop different uh, things into different categories. And then all of a sudden I look and I say, look, I actually was that productive. Like that for me, that's always been the challenge is how do you, automate it so that you can say this is what i define as productive and then just watch me and timing i'm getting close to being able to do all of that with timing which is which is great so we talked about telephones i think another related technology that you need to consider as a free agent is text messaging you know uh, telephones give you instant access to your voice text messaging gives you instant access to somebody's you know attention as well. Uh, I've always felt like there was this kind of expectation with a text message that it got a response faster than an email. Yeah. Yeah. There, the, that's the real question, right? Is what is your expectation with a text message? Because it's asynchronous. Like I said earlier about phones being synchronous, you get the text doesn't necessarily need to be read at the moment that it was sent or replied to immediately. So that's the question. What is your expectation about what, um, what a text message does and what it means and what its priority is. That makes all the difference. How do text messages work in your, in your business? Do you use them? Yes. Yes, I would say so. And even if we take things like Slack out of the equation, um, although I do a lot of things that I used to do in text in Slack, only because when you're in a Slack group with somebody, you can send them a direct message. I do this occasionally on Twitter, too. It's the same thing. But I would almost classify those all as about the same thing. Because in the end, it's a one-to-one sending a brief text line to somebody. But I do absolutely use text messages. And I don't know. I feel like the... I I view it as the possibility exists of having a back-to-back conversation. But I appreciate that if they can't respond they won't and they'll get to it later and i also appreciate that you can have a conversation that's stretched out that they're doing other things so sometimes i'll have these conversations that'll range over several hours with somebody in text messages but the gap between messages is kind of long where we're having a conversation 
it's more rapid than maybe other like email or something like that but it's not like a flurry of messages and then done sometimes it can be stretched out a little bit so that's how i view it is it's a little more immediate than email potentially but I'm not expecting an immediate response. If they're not able to read it, then they're not able to read it. And nor do I expect to respond immediately if I'm doing something else. I can, I can let it wait. What about you? I think this, this is one of those things where expectations are important. Again, uh, I know that in my mind, for some reason, like a Slack message to me is more like an email where I think someone sends it to me. They don't expect me to respond immediately. But for some reason, the text message is more immediate, you know, and I, I don't really have a good reason for that, except that's kind of the way I started text messaging. Um, but the problem is it doesn't matter what I think. A lot of times it matters what my clients think. And, uh, when they text and message me more often than not, they are expecting a response faster than an email. And, and I don't want to necessarily give them those pipes, you know, give them the ability to distract me at any point and require me to go deal with it. I just got like one today, someone texted me and said, I just sent you an email. I need you to read it right now. And uh, you know what? I didn't read it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm in the middle of some other stuff that's important as well. And the fact that you send me a text message isn't going to allow me to, you know, to jump the line for stuff. If I don't have time, if I had time, I would have I would have given it more priority, but I just, at the, at the moment I was in the middle of something else that was super important. Right. So, um, so that's an issue and there, there's a disconnect there. So I think, uh, as you get in, I try to avoid text messaging with, with people in the legal side of my life. See, oh, God, it's kind of yes. funny, you know, on the Max Sparky side, I text all the time and Slack and all that, but with the legal side, I, I kind of try to dis- discourage it for a variety of reasons. One of them is it's just like, it's an imprecise, um, method of communication, in my opinion, you know, it's just very clear text, uh, very short. And a lot of time the instruction is not clear and I, I have to make decisions and do things based on what you tell me. Uh, I would, this is a case where quite often I would rather get on the phone and get a full explanation from you than do something that you may uh, not want me to do because I misunderstood a text message. So I discourage it with people and I don't, I think I've been able to keep it out of my law practice to a large degree, but I still have, some clients, because once you give them your cell phone number, they have the ability to text you. Yeah, that's true. And, and, oh boy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's why when you give somebody your cell phone number, you really need to have some degree of confidence because it does open that door, doesn't it? Yeah. The other problem I have with text messaging is I find it very hard to process text messages. Like when someone, when I call you and we, we talk about something we're going to do together on the phone, I have a very specific system. You know, we did a show on task management and I, you know, I create an OmniFocus task or Apple notes or whatever I'm doing. Um, uh, you could do that based on a text message, but because the messages themselves are so nebulous, sometimes things come out of them that I'm not even sure came out of them. So it's hard for me to process those into actionable items. And it's just this kind of mushy area of my life where I try to manage things, but it's harder for me to manage what comes out of a text message. So I guess I guess I would say as a lawyer, I'm not a big fan of text messages as a geek author. They're fine. But I it, it does give to me that same sense of immediacy uh, that that is kind of like the panicked phone call from someone that I don't get phone calls from that often. So, um, yeah, I, I, I it's funny. I I hear what you're saying about how actionable they are. And I think it's very smart for you to not try to have your legal life in text message form. Sometimes. 
I have the text messages I've got. Sometimes they're very businesslike. Um, it's literally like uh, like one of my editors that I write freelance columns for. She and I go back and forth about what my column topic should be. And that tends to happen in a text, which is kind of weird. But it's very much like I'll ping her or she'll ping me and be like, oh, is it time to write that article? And I'll say any ideas and we'll throw some stuff around. And I'll say, OK, I'll go. I'll go write something and get it back to you. But it's almost like. Uh, it, it it works for that moment and then it's done. And there's an actionable item that comes out of the conversation, but the conversation is, we you know, maybe a little bit more of a, a creativity and also kind of an agreement about the scope of the work. And then we move on. And that works fine because that is a back and forth that would not be as good in email if you're trying to throw ideas around where you want kind of a little more sudden back and forth and then you want to be able to walk away um so that that is a way that i use text messages for the kind of the the work part um also uh similar although whether i do it there or in slack is i'll send a a link to somebody of a story i'm working on and saying could you look at this and you know check let me know if this does this look okay does this look really stupid what you know what i'm saying here and that's the same thing where I'm just kind of passing it over and saying, look at this when you get a chance. I could do that in email, but honestly, I feel like email is is most of these people that I'm working with, email is not a place that they consider remotely uh, important. And so I want to get them something where they know it's it's direct and it's a little more important than read at your leisure, which I feel like email is at this point. But I feel like with both of your examples, um, and they're good examples of effective use of text messaging, but the thing that the assumption is in both of those examples, you have a pre-existing relationship. You know, you're going to be writing an article. Yes. You know, the approximate length, you know what you're going to be getting paid. Most of the, most of the transaction is resolved. Right. And you have this small piece of it that you just need to sort out. To the details. Yeah. And and a text message is a great for that because you know exactly when you're when you're trading topic ideas you know exactly what the context of that is, and uh, where you get in trouble is where you don't have as many of the details resolved and you start trying to do this in a text message and it just gets ugly and then, I mean I've, I've even seen in the law practice I've seen lawsuits that come out of these text messages where people think they bought a house and they didn't or something like that you know because they're just so imprecise so. Um, there's a, there's a place for it. And this is another one that kind of depends on your industry and what your customers are and what the relationship is. But I think, think one thing you can do is have some best practices as you get into this is how far are you going to go down the text message rabbit hole and how are you going to communicate to your customers and contacts how that works? Well, how do you do that? This is, it's like breaking up with somebody. Thanks for texting me, but don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I, I have, I have a couple of ways to deal with that. So, cause I, that's something I run into. Um, I am um, when someone starts text messaging me details on the law side is I will send them an email and just say, Hey, I ah. got your messages. Uh, just so you know, for stuff like this, I prefer that we, we handle it in email. So it's more precise, you know, and, and even I will suggest a phone call, you know, getting back to the thing that you hate. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, but that's, de- that's like, uh, we should all do that more. I feel like, I think that, I think you're making a good point here where if I, if I were to abstract it, what I would say is, um, respond in the appropriate communication channel like if somebody sends you a text and it really ought to be an email put it in email if somebody sends you an email and you really need to talk to them call them back (laughs) just move to the other channel and ideally (laughs) that will train them 
Uh, and if it doesn't train them, still do it, right? Like if then, then yeah. that you, that all gets worked out in email, and then they send you another text two months later. You're like, I'm gonna respond in email again. Like you can send me texts, fine, great. Never gonna text you back. I'm gonna yeah. go to email, and I think that is a great policy. I use a text expander snippet that just kind of explains why the nature of our relationship isn't good for texting. And <sighs> beautiful. Um, it works and, and people get it. And, and frankly, you know, people aren't dumb as soon as you, you kind of explain that they'll say, okay, that makes sense. And you probably won't get a text from them again, but maybe if their son gets a DUI at 11 at night, you will get a text yeah. and, and then you'll deal with it. So, um, I, I think you can manage it, but, but for me, text messaging actually poses more trouble than the phone does just because it's so imprecise. Um, on the legal side, I think I'm talking too much about the legal side on the nerd side of my life. Uh, texting works okay too, but even there, I'm much more a fan of, of working through Slack channels and, and things like that. Yeah. I mean, like, like, like Katie and I run the Mac power users together and we decided like six months ago, we are no longer going to text each other about Mac power users business. We have a great Slack thing that we can work through. It keeps a record of everything. Yeah. It's easy to, to follow. And now when we we text each other, we know that somebody's sick or it's like it's a big deal. Right. When the text comes through. Right. This is this goes back to something that um, we can talk about when we talk about email more, too. But it's this idea that there are these classic lines of communication that have been open for a very long time, like texting and email. We used to stuff every possible need into them because they were the only channels open. And now there are new channels. And one of the challenges, but I think real opportunity in terms of communicating, is finding a better channel and pulling out the the stuff that's better in that channel, moving it there, because that helps both channels. Like, now your texts with Katie are better because you know, not only are they more appropriate for texting, but like you know what kind of messages are going to come through in a text to or from Katie. And then your Slack conversation is now better because it's it's got that, uh, it's all searchable and it's in one particular place and you can have very specific notifications. And so it's better. So in the end, everything gets better. This is why I tell people my email is actually a lot better than it used to be because a lot of stuff that I used to do in email is somewhere else now where it's way better. And that makes, you know, it's not only better there, but my email's better because that stuff that was not really in the right place is gone. So I love the idea that your texts with Katie are better because I, I felt that same way. Like I have most of the podcast coordination that I do happens in Slack now with individuals and with groups. And we do that for this podcast too. We send each yeah. other Slack DMs. And uh, and so, yeah, if I send you a text, it's uh, a different context than than that. And I think that is is right. I think that's the right way to do it. Well, I do think that if you're getting into this indie game, you've got to think about this stuff totally. because telephones and text messages aren't going away. And let, let's talk about where we think this is all going. But before we do that, I wanted to talk about our, our second sponsor today, and that's our friends over at FreshBooks. Uh, to all you freelancers listening right now, if you could reclaim up to 192 hours of your precious time this year, would you? Our friends at FreshBooks make cloud accounting software for freelancers and free agents that's ridiculously easy to use. And they can help you do just that by simplifying the tasks like invoicing, tracking expenses and getting paid online. FreshBooks has drastically reduced the time it takes for over 10 million people to deal with their paperwork. One of the things I love about FreshBooks is, you know, they are just 
one of the leaders in this online billing stuff. They are always developing it and iterating upon it. And they've got so many people using the service that whatever problem you have, they've already solved it. You don't have to like hire somebody and try and pay them to figure out the new problem. FreshBooks has it solved for you. Um, they've got this new thing called the notification center and it's like your personal assistant. You'll always know what's changed with your business since you last logged in and what needs to be dealt with. So, uh, you log in, you can see if people have been paying their bills or not paying their bills or looking at their invoices and not paying, you get a bunch of information that you would have not have otherwise. And the notification center takes care of that for you. Just log in and it's right there. They also automate the late payment email reminders. So you don't have to spend a bunch of your time looking at who hasn't paid and prepare emails. Uh, FreshBooks just does it for you. And they do it in a nice professional way. They're not going to make your clients mad at you. Um, the, the, the templates they use are very good. But even if you don't like them, you can go in and make changes to make it work just the way you want. So uh, FreshBook, now they have over 10 million users, but they've managed to stay a pretty small company, uh, landing them the title of small giant on Forbes' list of best small companies this year. I mean, these guys are pros. Uh, if you're listening to this and not using FreshBooks yet, now is the time to try. They are offering an unrestricted 30-day free trial for listeners of this show. No credit card required. All you have to do is go to freshbooks.com slash free agents and enter free agents in the how did you hear about us section. Uh, we thank FreshBooks for all of their support of the show. And we, ha- we also want to thank FreshBooks for helping a bunch of our listeners get paid because we hear from you and we know you do. That's right. All right. So wh- where is this stuff going, Jason? Are we going to be able to get away from these phones? <laughs> I, I, I maybe I, I think about this. I so do think about I have a totally random story, which is that uh, my wife uh, texted me actually from she and I, my family and I text all the time, right? That's like separate from your work and, and it's very convenient and it's a lot, a lot of logistics and things like that. Um, so and that's why you're so protective of it, right? Exactly. I mean, if you get, if you don't have all the clients texting and you, it's a client, it's a family thing, then it's, it's a whole different context for you. Yeah. So anyway, she texts me um, today and she sends me a, a picture too. And it's kind of a running joke in our, our uh, family based on a, a funny punchline from a comedian. And, and it's um, in front of her at the grocery store is an old lady writing a check while she's checking out. And she said, you know, it didn't take that long in the end, but you have that moment when somebody's writing a check in front of you like, Oh my God. And it's always an old person because generally it's, it, and I have a story here, which is just to say, um, I feel like, phones are gonna fade away because they are an old person's an older person's medium and younger people are more comfortable with texts and uh slack and things like that right um i don't think that email necessarily is going to go away entirely because you do need we, we we talked about the open door for that phone number right you can you can call me and email, similarly, you can email, email me. You need open doors, and a phone is an open door. Um, could you do an open door to a Google Voice number? Yes. Could you do an open door to a Skype address? Yeah, I guess. Um, I, I, I don't know. I got to feel like in the end, phones will fade away because it is this the idea that there's this on-demand relationship where like literally, think about it this way. If I punch in the right series of numbers the right 10 digits i can like literally ring anybody's phone in the united states (laughs) i can literally make a noise or a vibration in their pocket of anybody anywhere that like the most the richest person the most famous person anybody 
and I get their attention. My understanding, this may not be true anymore, but my understanding is even early, early this year, earlier this year, you could like literally call the president of the United States because he didn't, he hadn't given up his phone and his friends would send him texts or call him. And, and I don't know if that's still true or, or if they finally were like this, no, don't do this. Um, but that seems like misguided, right? That seems like a decision made a hundred years ago or 80 years ago. That is not how communication works today in this globally connected world. But I feel like with so many other kind of legacy things, we're going to be stuck with it for a while as a generation that, that has come to rely on the phone sort of like fades away and stops. And if you've got older clients, uh, you're going to get that and less tax savvy clients, you're, you're still going to have to deal with it. Uh, so I don't think it's going away anytime soon, but I do think that it's, it's, it can be dealt with in a perhaps a way that 20 years ago or 10 years ago it couldn't be where you just had to kind of suck it up and deal with the fact that there was a phone sitting on your desk and it might ring now we have as we discussed in this episode lots of technical ways to like deal with it process it spoof it make it do what we want a little bit more and i've got to think that that will continue until it basically fades away entirely I, I see. I don't think it's going to go away entirely because there's certain things you get from a telephone conversation that you do not get from sending email or yeah, text. But, yeah, but the open door of the phone is the thing that I'm not sure that will will survive. Like yeah. I, I have, I do, you know, I do phone calls with people, but at some point it's no different than doing a Skype call or a FaceTime call. At some point, it's the consensual connection between two people where it's like I need to hear your voice and you need to hear mine. Um, and I think that will always have value. I, I, I do. And I, I think video will become more prevalent, too, uh, which is a problem if you're working in your garage or bedroom. Um, that may, We may need some virtual office simulation software <laughs> to yeah, evolve at next. that point. I don't think that's that far off. It, no. It'll spoof your background to make it look like you're in a place full of books or something. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, But I do think that it's going to be much more of that consensual relationship. And the idea of a transom where any random person can see your a, a series of numbers on a website or in a phone book or something and just ring a, a bell in, in the room where you're sitting, like I think that's going to stop. I, I, I really do. I think that's going to stop. I think one of the best insights in the show was when you had talked about the channels of communication, because when I started uh, as a young man in the, in the law business, I, there were two ways to contact someone. You, you call them on the phone or you wrote them a letter. Mm -hmm. And then they added fax machines shortly after I started. And now I've literally lost count of the ways that you can contact somebody. And every day I read the tech press, there's a new way yeah, I can sure. contact somebody. So I do think that you're right. And as as people grow up with these technologies, they're more comfortable with them. Uh, I didn't say earlier, but one of the reasons why I pay the money to Ruby is I have some older clients and they expect when they call their lawyer to, that a person that sounds fancy answers the phone. And that's an expectation they have. And if they don't get it, they're going to go find somebody else um, or that at least weighs into it for them. Um so, but, but these people growing up with these new technologies are, are going to abandon that stuff. So, you know, will I have a fancy person answering my phone in 10 years? I don't know. Maybe not, but will I have a phone? Probably. But, but I do like the idea that these other avenues of communications, which are more appropriate for the context of the communication is going to arise. And as a free agent, we have the ability to be the early movers on this stuff. We can adopt it. 
Um, we're not talking about Slack today, but I've got a couple clients that are very tech savvy that we have Slack channels and we do all our communication through Slack. And that's not something you're going to get with a big law firm. I was going to ask, because I think that that's one of the things that if you've got more tech savvy people, um, Slack, although Slack's not cheap, I mean, there's a free version that does a whole lot, but, but if you pay, you get the ability to do private Slack groups and things like that. And it can be an option because it becomes at that point, a private controlled text messaging environment. And, and if you've got clients who are comfortable with that, it can actually be a real boon because you're building, um, you know, you're building a much more purposeful environment for that conversation instead of the looser, you know, just random text message to your phone kind of environment. Or even email. Or That's even what, email. I mean, yeah. Just as an example, one of them uh, I do a lot of contracts with, and we did a contract a year ago, and we, we in that client, we make a separate channel for every new deal we work on. And a year later, the deal is starting to go a little sour, and we were able to go back and look at our communications about specific points a year ago, which was very easy in Slack and not wouldn't be very easy in other ways. But we're, that's another discussion for another day. Yes. So I guess what we're saying is that the telephone isn't going away anytime soon, but it's maybe getting more manageable, and I'll take that. Yeah, and and if you're starting out on your own, that um, that you need to think about what your strategy is if you need to have a contact number that's out there in the world and then how you process that. Cause you, the last thing you want to do is put your, put that, put your cell phone number on your website or in your signature of your email or anything like that. You don't want to do that. So think, do people need to reach you by phone at all? And if they do, what's your approach going to be and where are you going to send them and, and what response are they going to get when they get there? Are they going to get a robot? Or are they going to get a person? And then also separately think about how you're going to deal with uh, text messages and what kinds of things do you want to do via text, if anything, and what do you want to push to another communications method? It's just worth thinking. These are things that uh, deserve a little bit of your time as you're as you're getting started or before you get started. And if you're doing this today, you know, think about that too. Like maybe there's a better way to handle your your uh, phone situation than you've got now. There are lots. It's surprising. In the last 10 years, there have been a whole lot of different technologies that have come up that are about what, what you were describing before, David, from everything from Google Voice to these these services like Ruby, where um, a phone, phone is a much more complex thing. You can remix it and do interesting things with it. And if you haven't thought about that, you might want to uh, think about that a little more. Maybe there's a better option for you than what you're living with now. And if you've got some thoughts or questions or experiences you want to share with us, you know, where that feedback show will come up at some point. And I think this is great fodder for it. So let us know. Yeah, you can go to relay.fm slash free agents. And there's a, an email link that sends email to me and to David. You can also go to uh, free agents FM on Twitter and tweet at us. And you can go to our Facebook group where there are lots of other people who are in the same boat as you you who are happy to talk to you and that is facebook.com slash groups slash free agents group one word and so plenty of different ways to reach us and your fellow free agents and uh, we'll be back in two weeks with another edition of free agents but until then david it has been a pleasure as always yes and thanks to our sponsors timing and fresh books and we'll see you all in a fortnight bye bye